0: Y'all, and welcome back to Bless You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie, and I'm here with my co host Elise. Hello, hello. Hello, how are you? That was such a sweet hello. Normally you're like, hello. (laughs) Well,
1: I am wiser and older. So, oh, that's right. Someone had a birthday. I'm 29. That feels like I'm literally. 500 years old on the inside but 29 will work for me
0: yeah I'm also 29 that's funny yeah why didn't we know each other in high school <laughs> I that's, love that for us that's weird <laughs> weird oh uh, so how was your birthday is this your sparkle
1: um, yes, my sparkle. Well, I have like a double sparkle. So, um, my birthday was Wednesday, March 2nd Pisces. Um, and wait, what are
0: Pisces known for? I don't know anything about astrology, Pisces, magic, which Pis-
1: Pisces are like water signs. So we're like very like empathetic and like emotional and sensitive. And basically like, I am a Pisces, like how you would describe me is how you would describe a Pisces. Um,
0: really? Cause like I, if I were thinking about you and I know it's like what water, earth, fire, air, mm-hmm. I would have said fire. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Is that wrong? Yeah, no, that's
1: wrong. I'm definitely oh. water. Okay. Like, Pi- like Pisces are more like go with the flow and like creative and like artistic and like- that's not you. You don't go with the flow. Yeah. That's actually, that's accurate. <laughs> lies, all lies. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, for the most part, I feel like I resonate with a lot of, um, how they would describe a Pisces, but at the same time, it's like, kind of like a personality assessment. So like, you don't identify with literally everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I don't know, I'm going to have to, I usually have my app to refer to when it comes to astrology. So it's hard to like, people are like, what's a other sign. I'm like, I'm only well-versed in Pisces. That is all.
0: I don't, and I still don't know if I believe in any of this. If I could like find science that pointed to this is why this means this. and this Like with personality assessments, there's always a psychologist behind it. Well, not always, but usually that's Uh done like controlled group studies and like, you know, done the research and then. I don't know. Tested it out, and it's like this. But like someone was just like, "Oh, this is what it means."
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: I think <laughs> I, I'm. I I
1: don't know the history on astrology, but that would be something to look into. I mean, I I'll circle back. We'll circle back on this. Comment. Yeah,
0: prove it to me. I mean, I'm not trying to say it's not fun. I get it, but I also well, I also don't get it. So it's, it's tough. What if you were to guess, I know you kind of know when my birthday is, but you don't, you said you don't know all the other signs. So if, what do you think I am? Cause I know what you're a cancer, right? Um, no, no, but what do you think that I would be earth? (laughs) I almost said earth, wind or fire. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember (laughs) the the 21st night earth shit what is it again
1: fire Earth,
0: fire water air. air I think I think you would be fiery yeah me too but I'm not I'm an air Yeah. Guy. no
1: I know that you're not fire but I would think that you would be fire yeah I'm not I would think Carl would be fire too but he's an Aquarius which I think is also
0: water I don't know I don't know what Virgo is Oh you're a Virgo? No, I'm not a Virgo. Andrew's oh. a Virgo. I know I'm a Gemini, which is like the worst one and it's an air <laughs> sign and it's like you're flaky as hell, you're two-faced, you're an idiot and everyone <laughs> hates you.
1: <laughs> oh my god, it's like Mean Girls burn book like I'm going to yeah. do some- I'll do research and we'll circle back on astrology. Oh, okay.
0: Virgo's Earth. so it's an earth and an air sign. I don't know what any of this means. All I know is that Donald Trump is a Gemini mm. and mm, mm. Mm, okay. So I don't like to share my sign at parties. I'm just like I don't um, know. And they're like, look it up and I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no. That's so when's your birthday? I forgot. <laughs> next. Okay, sorry, finish your sparkle. I totally hijacked it.
1: Um, I don't even know where I was going. Oh, so usually I'm one of those people who like loves celebrations and like loves to celebrate other people. And like it's been a theme my entire life where I go balls to the wall for everybody else's birthday, and then I always end up like
0: disappointed on my own. Didn't you like decorate the whole house for Carl's birthday? I did, yeah. I saw that. If I even mention it's Andrew's birthday it's like tantrum it's like from him oh my god like oh. I once posted in a story on Instagram happy birthday to Andrew and he was like deleted <gasps> now Yeah. I'm not allowed to even acknowledge it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I go all out. I don't even care
1: if you like it or hate it. Like it's not for you. It's for me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to celebrate you. Cause I, I don't know. It's like a cool, I mean, it's like your day of birth, like should be celebrated. So, um, yeah, but usually I always am disappointed because I always like, I'm super thoughtful and go above and beyond. And then I'm just like, crickets when it's mine mm-hmm. not to say that I don't people don't celebrate me but like you know um so yeah Callie and I had a conversation and she was like I stopped having expectations about my birthday a long time ago and I was like that is a great idea and so I did it and it was like great like super chill I was in a good mood had a good day But yeah, I think for, but it was funny because I was talking to some of my clients too, and they were totally resonated with like feeling disappointed on their birthday. So I shared your little nugget of wisdom and they loved it. Mm -hmm. Part two to my sparkle is I am now a serious plant mom. Um, Carl and I went to brunch in Dallas and got a little tipsy, and then we went to this plant shop and literally dropped five hundred dollars on plants <laughs> and now- change for yeah. what you get in return. Well, yeah, like there was a cactus there that was literally six hundred dollars. Oh, I believe like, it. Plants I was expensive. like, oh my god, this is so cute! This will look great in my office. I like, you know, you like look at the price tag. You're like, oh, it's never mind. That's not that <laughs> cute.
0: Um, <laughs> never so- mind. That's ugly.
1: Yeah. So for the past week, Carl and I have literally become botanists. Is that what they're called? Sure. How do you like study, study plants. Mm -hmm. So we're like super serious. We got humidifiers. We're like changing the location of them. So they get different sunlight and we're, we're doing well. It's good. So our next thing was, we're going to propagate. We're learning about propagation.
0: So oh, damn, I just stopped off at watering. I was like, did you water last week? No, <laughs> Carl you should probably do that. Carl won't
1: let me water them because he's like taking this very seriously. He's like, we only have to have one waterer in the house or else they're going to be overwatered. But what's nice is if there's anybody else struggling with infertility or you want a child and it's not on your timeline, buy a fuck ton of plants and then you'll have something else to take care of. And then, and then we might get another dog. Who knows? I don't know one's no, no,
0: no, 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 no one. We are supported. not getting another dog. It's going to be, a, I, well, I
1: can't no promises, Callie. I'm sorry. At
0: least? <laughs> you should at least get a cat. Don't get
1: another dog. I just, like I had a short period of time where we had three dogs and it was like, I was like running like a little daycare and it was like fun.
0: Yeah. And you were stressed out to the mat. This is why I love my job because I get, not that I am your life coach, but I get to be there and be like, no, no. I remember how you felt in that moment. You also, I was like, is
1: getting Millie, am I going to regret it? And, or it was, it was it a bad idea. And you were like, yeah, but you should still do it. And I did it, and it's the best thing I've ever no, done in my life. No,
0: I think, no, 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 because you were getting a golden retriever. And then I said, never mind. You're never going to oh. regret this. This is going to be amazing. And then I met her, and she was the perfect little floof in the world. Oh, but it. golden retrievers are like, I mean, that's just like a sure thing. There's no risk in getting a golden retriever. They so were like bred to make you happy.
1: Should I get another golden retriever? <laughs>
0: Can I interest you in a kitty cat? That
1: um, I I've had two cats in my life before, and they were both assholes.
0: Well, I two thirds of our cats are not assholes, so <laughs> I just want something low maintenance for you. But then again, I don't crave to take care of anything like yeah, that's like- that's my biggest concern. I mean, at this point, infertility is a game that I need to win, and mm-hmm. once I win, I'm gonna be like. Oh, shit. <laughs>
1: See, that's the thing. I think that maybe I should, maybe I'll wait for our next transfer because I do think I would be overwhelmed with all the plants, three dogs, and a child. But no, you think? I mean, it sounds, it
0: sounds like a lot. Of- <laughs> At least I, like if you get another dog, I'm going to make you like draw up a consent form and then you're going to send it to me and I'm going to edit it. And then you're going to sign it because it's- <laughs> I literally, I literally have
1: seriously considered being like a dog breeder. No. And, and never selling the dogs. Just, yeah,
0: that's home. exactly it. You'll never <laughs> sell the dog. This
1: is no. Okay. Okay. It's okay. A no. Okay. we'll we'll table it. We'll put it on the back
0: burner for, we a are not tabling anything. no. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. What's your sparkle? Um, my sparkle is okay. First of all, one thing that I want to comment on your thing. The reason I have great expectations and I am like very centered about birthdays is because I was a summer birthday. Mm. So we always got forgotten. So mm. I had to manage expectations. as like a freaking eight-year-old, right? Because everyone else got happy birthday sung to them in the classroom and their mom came and brought cupcakes and it was like a big thing. And everyone was so excited that it was your birthday. And mine was like, Oh, we went on summer vacation. Sorry. We'll celebrate with you next year. Mm-hmm. And then it always thunderstormed on my birthday. Cause you know, in Texas, how it's like mm-hmm. the thunderstorm roll in in like May and June, it's like the thing that happens. So like my birthday parties were always cut short because a thunderstorm would come in. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had fun. This is not traumatic. I had a great time and it was nice. Cause I could have pool parties, but that that's why. So yeah. it's not that I am so incredible and well-balanced and wise it's that i got the short end of the stick a long time ago so that's why i'm like oh today is tuesday and it's my birthday so maybe this will just be a fun tuesday (laughs) and i'm like damn that was a good tuesday so Mm -hmm. that is uh my relationship with birthdays plus i am married to someone who hates birthdays more than anything because he's peter pan and he never wants to get old so Mm -hmm. there's that okay my sparkle. So I went on a vacation last week, which was really fun. Oh, I have two things. Okay. So two quick things. I remember how I like shat on New year's resolutions. Yes. Okay. So around February, I decided I was going to actually have some resolutions and not again, of course it couldn't be in January cause fuck that. So, but I like set goals for myself in February when once I felt like I could, Mm -hmm. and so one of them was inclusivity because I took the Strength Finders personality exam (gasps) and my dead last strength was inclusivity. Oh my gosh! It was like you're a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And so. I have like, and I know I've talked about this a lot, but I have literally created the community of pickleball in West Hollywood. Like everyone knows who I am. <laughs> it's so funny, but I like say hi to everyone when they come through the gate. And I am like, what's your name? I think, I'm sorry if we've met before. I just wanted to say, hi, I'm so glad you're here. Like it, it is like sorority rush all over again. And mm-hmm. it's really good for me because it's making me see that not everyone sucks because mm-hmm. so often I'm like, everyone sucks. Mm-hmm. And then we go play pickleball and it's like, Yeah. There are some bad eggs. I'll admit like, obviously sports and competition sometimes bring out the worst in people, but for the most part, it's like, everyone has endorphins. Everyone has adrenaline and I created rules and it's just like six different rules on basically like, don't be an asshole. Mm -hmm. So it's like play to win, but play to have fun. Like be nice to everyone. Please ask if you want to do any hard shots at someone. Like it's just like a very chill, nice community. And I created it to be inclusive. I love that. I know. So I'm very excited about it. And then the other thing is that I'm a ninny. Like I'm actually scared of a lot of different things. And so anyway, when we went on vacation, it was planned by someone else. We got invited on this vacation. So I wouldn't have planned any of this shit. But uh, one of the things was we're going to go whale watching. And I was like, oh, so cool. I figured like there'd be a whale like way over there. And like, woo whale, give me a cocktail. And so I thought that's what we were doing. And then it turns out these whales are like next to the freaking boat. Like I could touch, like Andrew touched a whale. I mean, it was insane. So then they were like, okay, now we're going to go swim with the whales. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, I mean, doesn't that seem like inherently dangerous to you? I mean, it just kind of freaked me out, but then I realized like, no, I can't think about this too much. And that's when I realized you can conquer fear by not thinking <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that I was being impulsive or dangerous. I mean, there were people that were like, yeah, people do this all the time. This is something you can do. Like obviously, well, not obviously, but I don't think it would have been suggested if like we were in actual danger. And so I forced myself to do it. Then I didn't even get the opportunity on the little boat because like it, the, just the timing wasn't right. And the other group got to do it. And I didn't. So we got back to the big boat and whales were like surrounding it mm-hmm. and one of the guys looked at me and was like all right it's now or never and I like I mean people say I like leapt over the baby gate and I was like <laughs> no time no time And like because I couldn't if I stopped and thought about it I wouldn't have done it I like got on my wetsuit got mask flippers and I just like jumped into the water open water with whales swimming around and I'm it, not gonna lie I like couldn't really see anything but it was more just like I am in the water like the Pacific ocean and whales are everywhere. And I'm doing this and I was scared, but I can say I did it. And if I had sat and thought about it, there's no way, there's no way. Um, do whales eat people?
1: No. Oh, then I would do,
0: I would probably do it. Yeah. So orcas are actually like killer whales, which they're actually like more like dolphins. Oh, and this is another thing. We like saw 500 dolphins swim Mm. next to our boat. It was so cool. But apparently orcas, I got this like whole crash course are actually dolphins and they eat like anything. Like they actually try and eat baby humpback whales. And so the humpback whales are a very feminist community. So it's like women, like the female whales come together and they all like basically live together and raise their babies together. Oh, and then the, they have male escorts. Cute. And so the, I know. So it's kind of like wheel of time if anyone's seen it nerd alert, but it's like the males accompany the females just to protect them because, oh. and to protect the babies, but they don't like, there's no community with the whales. It's just, or with the males. sorry. <laughs> it's just the females and the babies. And so the male humpback whales will drown the orcas that get close to the babies. It is like cutthroat. And so they were like, yeah, maybe orcas will be around. And I was like, I don't know about that. So orcas are like, when you go to like sea world, like, yeah, what's its
1: name? Shamu.
0: Yeah. I don't think had. that exists anymore, or it shouldn't, because these, these these things are aggressive.
1: Did you ever watch that documentary, Blackfish? Oh, Blackfish
0: hell yeah. I actually saw that. That was the only documentary I think I've ever seen in the theaters, and it was worth it.
1: And it literally grabbed her by the ponytail and was, like,
0: drowning her. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, obviously, the trainer did not deserve that, but, like, when you captivate an, a wild animal yeah. that's, like, meant to swim in the freaking ocean, like- yep. You think it's just gonna be cool? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, well, that's and kind it's kind little found to happen. It's little fin was like bent, which is like the sign yeah. of depression. It's like, dude, I, I wouldn't fuck around with a whale that's literally five hundred no
0: times my size. But apparently, they're way more aggressive than I think most people even know. No, like they have like teeth, that. whereas like most whales don't have teeth. Like they're just little cuties that like eat like whatever if comes you got, in their
1: mouth. If you got swallowed by a whale.
0: Someone did, I think, right? Like a male would was you, like,
1: Oh, that's what would you
0: die? Or would you just get pooped out? Well, I mean, he told the story. I don't know.
1: Oh, so he must be living. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to have lots of research, research, Google, um, <laughs> astrology. And also can you survive being swallowed by a whale? <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> okay. Let's. Dump out of this. (laughs) So we're (laughs) gonna keep we're gonna keep talking about orcas and then everyone's gonna have nightmares because they are scary. Mm. Uh anyway, so to wrap things up, I did do resolutions, and this might be the worst advice ever. But if you're in a situation where something is presented that you know could be cool, but you're worried about it, just don't think about it. Like you're gonna Mm. be fine. And then the second thing is. Take strength finders and see if you're as big of a bitch as I am. <laughs> and maybe take steps to do something about it. So if I took it again, I don't think inclusivity would be last on my list. I think it would be pretty high up. Um, and I think it was just like a coping mechanism with, you know, when you're going through something traumatic, you really don't yeah. want to talk to new people about it and you have to be careful about it. And I think that's how it was manifesting. Totally.
1: And so I found
0: an environment that was safe for me because it's not like, hey, welcome to Pickleball. Do you want to talk about trauma? Mm-hmm. you you don't you don't talk about stuff like that like I don't even know what half these people do for a living and I want to keep it that way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, let's just come together and have fun let's not think about the other shit so okay let's read this letter oh yeah well I forgot to tell you what we're talking about so too late (laughs) I'm just gonna read it surprise surprise dear blush how do people find their passion in life I am so overwhelmed at the prospect of making enough money to support myself and be happy that I keep forgetting I need to like my career. As a recent college graduate, this is completely overwhelming. People keep saying the job market is hot and that I can get hired anywhere, but I have no idea what to even apply for. The pandemic took away a lot of the typical experiences college kids would normally have, so I wonder if my confidence was shaken by that. But in the meantime, I am wrapped up with anxiety that I'm going to make a mistake and accept a job that doesn't pay me my worth and that I hate. I have a degree in business from a decent college, but it's not like I'm a Harvard-trained wonderkin bound for McKinsey. I'm envious of those people and of the people who knew what they wanted to be from a young age. I never wanted to be a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer. I just wanted to make enough money to support my hobbies and maybe start a family one day, and hopefully find something that I really enjoyed and brought out the best in me. How do I get rid of this crippling fear and move forward into adulthood? How do you know for certain that you are chasing a job you will actually like? And if you don't like it, are you stuck? How long do you have to stay at a job that you hate? Do you guys have any interview tips or ways to know if a company is the right fit for you? Sorry for all the questions my anxiety is showing. All in all, I'm down for any advice you have for someone in my position, an early 20-something trying to make her first big step into adulthood and is basically shitting her pants in fear. (laughs) Thank you yeah There's a lot of questions <laughs> at first I was like oh my goodness how are we gonna answer all of these but we will I promise we will so Elise what do you think um I I feel like everybody
1: kind of goes through like a a stage like this right like literally the quarter life crisis this is literally a huge part of it is trying to figure out like what your future is gonna look like i I really feel like that stage like, in your twenties, early twenties is like the most transitional stage of your life because you're just not a kid anymore, but you're also not like in adulthood. So you're kind of in this in between where you don't have any like certainty about what the future is going to look like. But I'm thinking like, I was thinking back on my experience and like, I never really had any of the, I think we've talked about this before, but like I changed my major six times. I was like, a law degree, a pre-law. I was a nursing degree. I was undecided. I was communications. I was business. And then I went back to communications and all in all, I was like, it doesn't really fucking matter. Cause I'm just going to be a wife and it'll be fine. <laughs> I went for that MRS degree. We talk about that all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there, what's great about what I think is great that the pandemic brought is that it's normal for people to we've normalized job switching right like mm-hmm. I think there used to be this pressure from our parents and from society that like you have to pick one track you have to stick to it even if you're miserable like you know you don't want any judgment or criticism around like being a job hopper which I'm I'm bouncing off a lot of thoughts, but Carl's changed jobs literally five times in the past like three years. And we talk about it all the time because, you know, like some people are like, Ooh, what does that mean about you? But like for Carl, it's like, once you realize that that's not the place you want to be, like, why would you stay there? You know, like there's no, there's no point in staying in a place that, that you don't feel excited about and that you don't feel like is, you know, there's, any reason for you to be there anymore. So I don't know if I answered any of the questions, but I just, I'm sure that a lot of people in their twenties resonate with this, but also like don't get too wrapped up in this idea that you have to have it all figured out yet, because I really do think like, that's the whole point of experiencing, right? Like if you go to a new restaurant and you try a dish that you don't like, you don't ban that restaurant, like come back and try something else. You know, it's all about that flexibility. I think this person probably has a little bit of a fixed mindset around like career. What do you think?
0: I mean, I think it's uh, I, I full disclosure. I didn't really go through the, I mean, I went through this phase kind of, but I was actually scared shitless because I was only interested in psychology And then I was like, well, I guess like psychology is just going to kind of throw me into like the motions and I'll just try and get hired an entry-level job and hope that it pans out. Or if I want to do something with this, I have to go to grad school. And grad school is kind of a safety blanket because you're not done. You don't really have to enter into the world yet. You can become more niche. And so I kind of did the whole like doctor, lawyer, teacher, like there was a Mm -hmm. name to my profession, but a lot of people don't. Um, and I think that's, what's kind of terrifying is just taking risk and entering into something. And by the way, I would imagine the pandemic took away a lot of internship opportunities Mm -hmm. because a lot of people, especially I went to college with, like they would do internships to not only for the resume, but to kind of get a sense of if they liked something or not, uh, before they actually committed. And a lot of people got hired by the place that they interned and then worked Mm. full time for that. And so it was a really nice, entryway into adulthood. And I would imagine a lot of college students did not get that opportunity, uh, during the pandemic because everyone was working remote. So it's like, maybe you can work remote, I guess, doing an internship, but I bet a lot of companies were like, forget it. Right. Like they don't need someone to go get everyone coffee. Totally. (laughs) They don't need someone to do the filing. They don't need someone to like run errands for everyone. Like that everyone's at home. So I could see how that would affect it. But basically, I mean, I think what this person is worried about is that the first job is going to be the defining moment of her career. And I would imagine that couldn't be further from the truth, except for those few kids who really strike it out of the park and do get a job that they love right off the bat at a really great company. Most of the time, though, that's nepotism, (laughs) they get a job working for their family Mm -hmm. and it's like, yay, or their friend's family. I mean, that's what I've usually seen. It's like when you're talking about family businesses and those connections, it's like, yeah, you do have an easier time hitting it out of the park your first try because you were kind of destined to do that. But for everyone else, it's really tough because it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of timing. It's like a pinch of skill set. I mean, most entry jobs, it's kind of like anyone can do it because they're going to train you anyway. Like you don't Mm. have any skills, so (laughs) they're going to have to teach you whatever. Um, so I get it. I mean, it can be really daunting if you are programmed to believe that your first job is going to set you up for the rest of your life. I don't think it does. I mean, Elise, you can actually speak more to this because you did do that. You did graduate from school and then get a job.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started out in recruiting and then I got promoted to sales. So I was doing like IT staffing with literally like tech geniuses, and I don't even know how to like restart my computer on a good day. So I, it, it, and I knew that it was not the field that I was super excited about and that I didn't want to do this job for the rest of my life, but I learned so many things. Like I learned how to, you know, do expenses. And I learned like how to get out of my comfort zone and do things that I knew I would suck at and talk to straight, you know, it was like, I gained so much of that from that, that like was then allowed me to like, take what I learned and bring it to the next thing, you know? And so, I, I think this pressure of like like it sounds like she's putting a lot of pressure on herself. like the ne- the first job that she has has to be in the field that she is going to be in for the rest of her life or has to align with her passion and her purpose in life. And I don't necessarily, I think that if you're going into it with that, that's a limiting belief. And you're going to, you know, you have to have flexibility in that. Like I knew for sure I was not going to be in IT or staffing for the rest of my life, but I took it as an opportunity to really figure out like, okay, what do I like about this company? I love the company culture. I love that I get to meet a bunch of people. I love that I get to have flex flexibility with my schedule you know like there was a lot that i was able to pull from that and you know it's all about just like a gathering information right it's kind of like the dating process right like you go on dates if you're going into that first date like is this person going to be my husband you're already putting pressure or wife you're already putting pressure on yourself and on the relationship before it's even started. Mm-hmm. But like if you go into it like hey, I'm a person, you're a person, we're just going to like talk and share our experiences and see if we get along and this will be a learning experience that I can pull like this is what I like about you, this is what I don't like about this relationship and then you have more information moving forward, you know?
0: Yeah. I I completely agree. I think it's easier though to get tripped up in with the pressure because most jobs are 40 hours a week and dating is like two hours a week. And then you don't have to continue if you don't want to. And so I think you're right. right. I think that this person probably is putting that same type of pressure. Like, are you my mommy (laughs) on on like the new job um, or the potential new job? And when, you know, they really shouldn't, but I can see how you know 40 hours a week is a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I get the fear of like, oh shit, what if I don't like what I'm doing? What if I don't like this? So what I've come to realize is finding out what you don't like is just as important as finding out what you do like. Mm-hmm. So what Elise was saying with, I found out that I like having flexibility. I fi- I found out that I like working with people that I really like. I found out that I like, you know, ABC. Those things are really important, but also knowing what you don't like Mm -hmm. is just as important because when you're starting from scratch, which it sounds like you are, and you don't have a goal, that's, what's tripping you up. By the way, the biggest thing here is that you don't have a goal. You don't know what your goal is. That's okay. Okay. I get it. Why would you have a goal? When you don't even really know what you want to do and it sounds like your goal is like i want to make money and not be miserable it's like that's a good goal okay <laughs> we can work with that but you don't have this overarching i know where i want to end up goal and that's what makes this scary when you know where you want to end up it's a little easier to navigate you can kind of see what's ahead of you and you might not know exactly how you're going to get there Uh, but you can, you can guess, right. You can have a a general sense and you don't have one, which is why you're envious of what you call these wonderkins going to consulting firms, um, or, you know, people who know what they want to do. You're saying I'm jealous of people who have goals Mm. and I don't have that. I don't think the answer here is okay. Well, what's your goal? Mm -hmm. It's like well. If you had one, you would have shared it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you knew what your goal should be, you would be working on it, but you don't know yet, which means we're in the brainstorming phase. And guess what? You get to make money when you're in the brainstorming phase. That's kind of cool. So that's what I want you to think of this as. Uh, I'm gonna get paid to figure out what I like and what I don't like. Um, and a lot of this is gonna come down to your values. So, uh, I've got some clients where if they're not working with people that they really love, they're miserable. I have other clients where they don't give a shit. If they're working with assholes, they really want the content to work. I have some clients who are like the mission of the company needs to be important. I have others where it's like, I don't care. Right. I do not care what this company is doing. I am really interested in this facet. And even if I don't totally agree or like, you know, I had a client, I think who worked for like a cannabis company and like she. She doesn't use it, right? Like she's not a pot smoker. So it was like, okay, but she didn't care, right? It's like, she can do that job, the particular job she was doing for any company that did anything and it didn't bother her. But that would really bother other people, if they don't personally relate to the company's mission, these are just examples Mm -hmm. and you don't have the answer yet. Maybe you can guess, but you're probably not going to really know until you get there. And so I want you to think of this again, as just a learning phase, like Elise said, like you're not going to have your big goal until you dip your toe in and get some experience and get a sense of things. Um, yeah. So hopefully that releases some of the fear and anxiety. The other thing is this is normal, but we can dig into the questions too. What do you think, Elise? Well,
1: I'm really glad you brought up values because I had I made notes this time, I'm very proud of myself. But um I had written values. And the whole point about values is like, values are kind of like the building blocks that like create who you are and your identity and what's important to you. So like you're, you should be able to look at like your support system and see your values being shed there. You should be able to look at your career and see your values there. You should be able to look at your self-care routine and see your values there. So you're the, the way that you're going to feel in alignment with yourself and attuned to yourself and your most authentic genuine self is if you are taking action that is in alignment with your values. So if you don't know what your values are, that's I think should be your first step because then that gives you an actual like structured objective thing to do to kind of offset the fact that you don't have this like big goal that Callie was talking about. So definitely think that you should check out the values. Blush has a great value activity that Callie and I made, and it's really awesome. I'm very proud of it.
0: I mean, Elise made it. I was like, yeah,
1: that looks good. (laughs) (laughs) We collabed. Um, But yeah. And then there's also, you know, other assessments too, that you can do like Callie created a Myers-Briggs career assessment that, you know, you analyze your you figure out what your um Myers Briggs type is and then it tells you like okay this is what type of career you're going to thrive in this is where you're going to get caught up this is what you're going to absolutely hate about this job these are the jobs that you should be you know looking into and these are the jobs that you should absolutely stay away from because of this information so it's not like you know like i guess what i would tell her like Step number one is like, let go of the idea that you have to have it figured out all yet, because like, that's never going to happen. Truly. Like I have clients in their forties who are like, I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And it's like, Mm -hmm. fine, you know, cool. If you don't have pressure, then it doesn't matter if you're just enjoying life. That's great. Um, but then also, like, if you want some actionable step, really looking inward and doing like that personal development, which then kind of bleeds into professional development, I think will give you some element of control in an otherwise situation where you feel like you have not a lot.
0: hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. Agree. <laughs> okay. So I want to get into Let's her questions. questions. Yeah. So how do I get rid of this crippling fear and move forward into adulthood? Well, first of all, adulthood is not binary. like, And I know everyone like loves to force that narrative on people that if they don't go to college, adulthood starts at 18. If they do go to college, adulthood starts at what, 21, 22, maybe 23. And I just don't find that to be true. I think everyone kind of assumes their role of adulting uh, whenever things start to kind of come together. So you don't have to say, okay, I'm stepping into adulthood right now, because that's probably what's freaking you out the most that you don't feel like an adult, but you're supposed to use this label. So don't use the label. Okay. Just say that you're ascending into adulthood or you're on your way or you're on the path and understand Um, that you're not gonna feel like an adult with a you know a little flip switch, like when you get your first job. You're still gonna feel like a college kid who's wearing nicer clothes and is getting paid. Like that's pretty much the only difference. Like, you're not gonna actually feel like you know what you're doing. I think that takes time. And as Elise said, a lot of people still don't know what they're doing. So I guess that's the good news and the bad news, but maybe take off that binary black and white thinking. And that might uh, feel a little better.
1: I don't, I don't I. I don't think that having an established career equals adulthood. Like I, I, I definitely don't think that that's like, you know, one then equals the other. I think you know, I feel like I hit adulting and adulthood when I got married and that shit got hard real quick. And I was already established in my career, you know, at that Mm -hmm. point. So it was like, I don't like, you know, adulthood and adulting doesn't have to have any connection to the job or career that you're working in at
0: all. No, no. And it doesn't have to do with the fact that you're not in school anymore either. It's just something that kind of, happens over time and you're like, dang, I'm like doing this. <laughs> and, and you will know, you will know when you adulthood will smack you right in the fucking
1: face and yeah. you'll know.
0: That's fair. You will probably know. And so this isn't it. So you can just yeah. take that off the table and that might feel a lot better. Yeah. Um, how do you know for certain you are chasing a job you will actually like, well, you don't. And that's part of the risk. Uh, what you can do is you can ask questions. And you can hopefully see, you know, if, if maybe your interview is just meeting with one person, you can maybe see if you can meet with more people Mm -hmm. and get to know more people on the team or at the company. Um, you can ask questions like, what is your company culture? Like, uh, what is a typical growth trajectory? this company? What would you want someone to know? Um, that's new here. Uh, why did the last person leave? Like, these are really good questions to get a sense of how this company works, what they expect from you, um, how other people relate to their job, you know, asking about expectations, asking about typical work hours, like, don't be afraid to ask questions. And I know so many times when you're new to this and you haven't interviewed before, you're kind of scared to ask questions because you just want to get Hired. It's like mm-hmm. I just need a job. I just need a paycheck. And you start using that desperation to fuel you, and then you end up in a very impulsive, maybe even reckless situation at a job you hate. So slow down and ask questions. It's it's about a fit. It's not just are they going to hire you. It's also are you going to. Accept them, um, and so it, this goes back to what Elise was saying with dating. If you go into it, and it's like, "Are you my husband?" It's like, <laughs> "Okay, well, probably not with that attitude." So it's <laughs> it's about curiosity, yes. And uh, I think a lot of times, while employers want to see um, enthusiasm and they want to see dedication and they want to see excitement, uh, they also want to see someone who's coming into this with a level head. They don't want someone coming in who doesn't know what they're doing and is going to jump ship in three months. So that's important for you to know but asking those questions uh okay if you don't like it the job are you stuck i mean kind of yeah like i'm not trying to say that you have to stick it out for a year my personal belief is that most people can do anything for a year and if you stay somewhere for a year on your resume that's not going to turn any eyes uh but you know if you get another job before a year's up then no harm no foul <laughs> like who cares right because you you're jumping on to the next thing Um, If you're miserable and you can't get out of bed in the morning and you don't know what you're doing, we've talked about this. It's not worth it. If you need a paycheck, then that's when you go and you bartend or you waitress or you get a gig job or something like that. You know, you drive for Uber, do what you need to do and then spend the rest of your time finding something else. No one is ever truly stuck. We talk about using lifelines all the time. That's when you move back in with mom or dad or you move in with a friend. I mean, You can figure it out. I don't want you to go into something thinking, oh my God, I'm stuck because that's just going to heighten your anxiety. There's Mm -hmm. always an exit strategy if you can slow down and think, but if you follow what we said in the last question, which is really ask those insightful questions and take your time, you're probably not going to end up in a place where you're stuck because you're going to have a decent understanding of what's around the corner. No one likes every aspect of their job. Maybe Elise. Mm, Elise. I do. Mine. Yeah. I okay, do. fine. Elise might. But Elise is a <laughs> freak. And so I don't like every aspect of my job. And I f- fucking created my job. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know anyone other than Elise, uh, which I know is 50% of is of this podcast, but that's not the real world, guys. I don't know anyone who likes every aspect of their job. So if you go into this and expect to like everything, like you're just setting yourself up for failure. But if you can say with a reasonable confidence that you like 50% or 60% or, Oh my God, 70% would be amazing. Like you're mm-hmm. in great shape because remember we're in the brainstorming phase. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to gather information. We're just trying to figure out who you are within your career and who you are within your work is different than who you are with. Friends. I wish that we could say we were all the same in 360 degrees of our life and we never change. And we're always steadfast. And it's like, that's fucking not true. That's not true at all. Andrew forgot his passport.
1: Oh my gosh. Andrew forgot
0: his passport. We are at the airport. He gets out of the car that our sweet fairy godfather neighbor drove us to the airport, which is also insane that someone drove us to the airport. Like we live in LA who does that. He didn't, he immediately goes, oh my God, I don't have my passport. And I was like, you mean the booklet that I handed to you five minutes before (laughs) we walked out this morning? Yep. That one. I just, I think I just set it down.
1: I mean, why, why are they the way that they are?
0: But here is a man that has worked at a very successful, the biggest law firm actually in Austin. This is a man who's worked for William Morris Endeavor. This is a man who's worked for Ridley Scott. This is a man who now works for Apple. This is not a dumbass that we're talking about. This is <laughs> someone who knows their shit and is smart and successful. And he forgot his passport. Obviously we ended up making it there because of our neighbor who literally drove back to our place and back to the airport. And we made it with like five minutes to spare. It was insane. But what I'm saying is again, you are different when you are at work. He would never do something like that, which kind of sucks, but (laughs) in a working environment, he also has ADHD. And so he was not medicated the morning we left, which was part of it, but it still holds true. Meaning you don't know who you are yet Mm -hmm. working 40 hours a week. You don't know what you need and what you don't need. Some people do good for them. Most people don't. So just understand that, that you are still trying to figure this out. Um, Elise, do you want me to keep going or do you, um, yeah, no, keep it, keep it. Okay. Okay. Cool. How long do you have to stay at a job that you hate depends if you just like mildly hate it, I would say a year to be safe. Most millennials, the average amount or the average length of time a millennial stays at a job is three years. That includes everyone who stays for like a decade. So millennials jump around. Um, I don't know if you're a millennial. I think you're Gen Z. I would imagine, or Gen, yeah, Gen Z. Gen Z jump around even more than millennials. Mm -hmm. I mean, y'all are just frigging, you know, bunny rabbits. So I would think a year is like Incredible for someone to stay at a job for that long, but you also just heard that Carl bounced around three times and or five times in three years. I I don't know. It was. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I I, basically, is it going to be the kiss of death? If you leave a job before a year? No, if you leave a job after two months. I mean, that's not great. And I think I would maybe not even put it on your resume. If I'm being completely honest, that's, yeah. that's kind of like you wipe the slate clean and, and start over, maybe even call it an internship. Uh, I'm just being honest, but if you can stick it out for six months and get another job afterwards, you're like, fine. If you need to quit without a job, I mean, I don't know. It, I I will say it does get a little risky. Employers don't want to hire someone who's going to be out the door because training is expensive. Mm. You are an asset when you started a company and they put money into you literally. So when you leave, it's actually a cost. So just understand that you don't owe them shit though. Like you don't owe them shit. So I don't want to give you that impression that you owe them something. I'm just trying to explain why it's important to potential employers that you stick around for at least a little bit. Um, So, but again, hopefully we don't get you in that situation if you ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two, do you guys have any interview tips or ways to know if a company is the right fit for you? I think I kind of answered this. Here's a really good trick that I've been working with my clients. So a lot of interviews will circle around stories. Tell me a time one, tell Mm -hmm. me a time this. I want you to write down every story about yourself that you're proud of, that you think showcases a good quality of yours. Ooh. And then we craft that to said employer, okay? So if you're working, if you're applying for a job that's like, you need to be detail-oriented and you need to be this and you need to do this, which by the way, every job says you need to be detail-oriented and like only 50% of the population is. So like, just know that. (laughs) You don't have to fit every single quality that job descriptions say, because they're going to say you have to be everything, which is stupid. No one is. Um, But then you can craft it. So like, for instance, if detail oriented is actually a big part of this job, then you can pick a story where your attention to detail saved the day. And so you, you get all these stories ready to go and that way you can tell them because what an interviewer is trying to do is they're trying to get to know you and they're trying to understand how you can handle uncertainty in a workplace, how you can handle conflict in a workplace, how you can handle your job in their workplace. And if you don't have stories to lean on, they're going to be like, well, then who the fuck are you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how to hire you. And of course you don't have work experience, but so what you have life experience. Yeah. And it's very hard to have
1: someone ask you a question and you pull like a quality experience and story like out of your butthole. Like, if you're not prepared, you're going to feel the pressure and be nervous from the interview. And then they're going to ask you a question and then you're going to blank out and then your anxiety is going to be at play. So, like, to be prepared, like Callie's saying, is I think the best thing. And, you know, I know you already said this, but like, I, you know, when you're interviewing for a job, they're interviewing you, but you are also equally interviewing them. Like this is a time for you to see, like, are you a good fit for me? And I think that my first couple of times interviewing for like a quote unquote, big girl job, I didn't do that because I, I felt like Callie mentioned like an urgency or desperation. Like, you know, I have to have someone just like, choose me, like pick me, pick me, pick me. And, you know, I think coming to an interview without that sense of urgency and desperation and and truly like, I know what I bring to the table. I'm confident in myself. I might not know the specific skill set for this job, but I, you know, you're selling yourself and you're also, you know, selling your personality and what you have to offer. But then you also want to make sure it's a mutually, you know, a mutual relationship and that it's reciprocal and like, yeah, I'm going to be bringing all of this and give to y'all, but I also want, you know, I'm looking for this in return. And I think that that's respectable from an employer standpoint of like, okay, this person right out of college is like, you know, knows what's important to
0: her or him, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And like, you could be, I mean, a huge whale. Get it Uh, of a catch because you could, you know, you could be someone that starts out there at an entry level position and then ends up being a VP in 10 years like that happens and it happens when people have the right culture fit. Yeah. And people understand that this company and organization fits their personality and vice versa. So I'm not saying you're a failure if that doesn't happen the first time. I mean, it very rarely happens the first time. Usually you use this first launching pad as a way to get to know you to go to the a better place and then a better place and then a better place, like until you kind of find your fit. If you ever do, a lot of people continue to switch jobs for the rest of their life. So that's also not like the goal. If it's your goal then that can be something that you add, right? Because we're working with a little bit of a flimsy goal and we need to beef it up. Uh, But again, that's what this process is for. So another thing I would do when you go into an interview is look up the company's mission statement. Mm, Yeah. Uh, If you can understand a company's values, it's going to immediately let you see if you reflect those values or not. Uh, And then if you can actually parrot values back to an interviewer, they're going to be like, damn, right. It's going to make it seem like you're an easy fit. Now, I don't want you to do that. If you don't actually agree with the values, if you don't agree with the values, then like, I don't really know what the point is of even moving forward. Uh, but you might just want to practice your interviewing skills, but that's a really good thing to do. And then the other thing that's a really helpful thing that I push all of my clients to do, no matter how uncomfortable they feel is and it, I have them start on both sides. Um, if you have a job in mind, then I make them go to LinkedIn and see if they can find any mutual connections that work for said company. And then I force them to reach out and either do a phone call or coffee to pick their brain to see if they like their job and their organization and to get the actual story. A lot of people feel like they are embarrassed or ashamed or they don't wanna waste someone's time or they think it's a big ask. But you know, this letter writer mentioned that the job market is hot and it is a lot of companies are giving referral bonuses to their employees when they bring on new hires, meaning this person could potentially make money from this coffee date that you're asking for, mm-hmm. uh, when you get the real skinny and you figure out, okay, do you like working here? I know you ish. If you really like working here, I guess there's a higher chance because someone in my network likes it. Usually networks share somewhat similar values. I'm not saying they're all homogenous, but it's just a better way to get a sense. Cause you're getting someone that can validate or tip you off. Mm -hmm. right? To something that might not be the best fit, but it's not going to be a waste of their time because a lot of times they're actually getting something out of it too. So just remember that other times I'll say, go through your network, see where they work think about happy people that, you know, <laughs> see where they work and then see if there's any openings there. Right. So do it kind of the opposite way, but using your network is a really good way to safeguard ending up in a bad position. Uh, like when I worked at, you know, that the restaurant where I bartended at, I mean, I forced everyone to come work with me. And for the most part, it was a positive experience for everyone. In fact, my best friend met her husband, at that establishment. And it was all because I was having a great time making a lot of money. I warned them. It was a pressure cooker situation, but it was the perfect job for someone in grad school. And I got like five people. And by the way, I made money from that too. They all knew it, but you know, they all came, they had a great experience and it was all good, but they, they weren't scared of taking that leap because they knew that I loved it. Mm -hmm. And so it worked out for everyone. So Mm -hmm. just remember, don't discount your network. And make sure that you really use it to your advantage during this time, because it could really help lessen your anxiety. Yeah. And don't forget
1: to like create a network too. Like you, I mean, yes, I definitely think take advantage of people who you're already connected to and who are already w- within the network. But like, if you're starting from a place, of you have no idea what you want to do with the rest of your life, like when I was like, should I be a therapist? Should I go to grad school? I literally went on psychology today, reached out to 10 different counselors and was like, Hey, I, can I just ask you five questions, whether you respond email or it's a call or whatever? Like, I'm just curious, like, what's, why did you choose this profession? Like, what's the best part of your job? What's the worst part of your job? What would you, what advice, what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's considering entering this field? And those are really good things to do because then that will give you more of a Bigger picture of okay, is this something that I would like? Is this something that I wouldn't like? And then you have more predictability going into that potential field.
0: Yeah, I did that too. I did that with a lawyer, and I was like, um, she. It, it was funny too because I was like, "Well, haven't do you wear your therapist hat?" And she was like, "Why don't you just become a therapist?" <laughs> You're like, great idea. I was like, okay, thanks. And then I asked, I was about to do this like life coaching certification program, and they were at, they were like really intense. And I asked someone who went through it because I like researched and tried to find people who went through it and asked and like talked with her about it. And I was like, I'm not getting the best vibe. So I didn't do it. So both times I did this, it ended up being not a fit for me, Mm -hmm. which saved me how much money, how Mm -hmm. much time, how Mm -hmm. much effort. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just a godsend to talk to people. And the questions that I were asking in both times, they were like, I don't really think this, like you're asking the wrong questions in a way if this is really what you want to do. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that's good to know. That Mm -hmm. is very good to know that I am so off base that I can't even have the right conversation (laughs) (laughs) right now. (laughs) Great. Good for me. Um, Yeah. My last thought is that if you really panic and can't find anything and you're like, maybe I should just go to school, please don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, no. Don't do that. This is coming from two people who have their master's and I'm married to someone who went to law school. Please don't do that. Yeah. Uh, that is not the best thing to do if you are not sure. Uh, and if it's not going to help you get to where you want to go, I would instead get a starter job. Something that again, like I said, is maybe gig oriented contract work, something that can ease you in. Cause there's nothing wrong with easing in. Uh, but otherwise, hopefully we like totally overwhelmed you with all of these <laughs> ideas of what to do. But but my last thought is that this is incredibly normal. Yeah. I think most people who enter the workforce don't have those, you know, one-word answers of what they want to be when they grow up. And most people figure it out as they go. Some people get lucky and just like hit it out of the park. Some people are really meant for the working world and just do a really good job. Some people just kind of figure it out and create a pretty good career for themselves that supports themselves and maybe supports a family or supports their lifestyle. And like, that's good enough. I mean, not everyone needs to be career obsessed. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want you to hold yourself to that standard because I'm not getting those vibes from you in any way.
1: Mm -hmm. And something that you just said sparked this, but like, I think be very careful attaching your identity to an area of your life. And I'm learning this lesson the hard way myself right now, because if you attach your identity to your career or to your relationship or to trying to be a mom or whatever it is, then whenever you have uncertainty or it feels shaky, which will happen because that is life, you're going to initially feel like you're world is crumbling. And so just be, you know, I have plenty of friends who work in jobs and the sole purpose of being in that job is for a paycheck to pay their bills. And then they get their fulfillment from other areas of their life. So like, you just have to, you know, play with a lot of different things and kind of see what's going to be the perfect recipe for you. But what's perfect for you might've been totally different for your parents, might be totally different than your best friend, might be totally different than your partner. So just like, give yourself grace in that and also just approach everything in life with as much flexibility as you can. And that's like the hardest lesson I think to learn. But if you, if you start really trying to implement flexibility into your life now,
0: a lot will be smoother to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah ditto to don't attach your identity to something you do or a role in your life or anything like that. It is a slippery slope. Okay. I think we've probably said it all here. Um, I think my final, final thought is don't be super drawn to the jobs that like sound fun, meaning like, oh, I I like skincare. So I'm going to go work for a skincare company. It's like, I get it. I understand that allure, but really try and focus on the content of the job. Meaning what are you actually going to be doing on a day-to-day basis? Because that's, what's going to fill your time up. If you can marry those two things, like, Oh, I work for a company that like is sounds cool. And it is like fun to say at a cocktail party. And I like what I'm doing. That's great. But like chasing jobs, just because they sound cool at a party are not worth it. Mm -mm. Like Mm -mm. not if you don't like the rest. So I fall into that trap sometimes. I'm like, Ooh, that sounds good. And it's like, well, there's a reason it sounds good.
1: <laughs> yeah. my well, I, I had a, I had an internship in LA actually um, mm. on Melrose and I was a, it was a fashion PR firm and it, it sounded so cool when I was like describing it to people. Cause I would literally like stock celebrities styles and then like go in our showroom and send them like, you know, boxes of clothes and handwritten notes and stuff. But like that was a fraction of my job. The majority of what I was doing was going to FedEx, taking the dog on a walk, picking up lunches, being everybody's bitch. And it was not fun at all. And yeah, there was no point to that story, but it sounded cool and it sucked.
0: Yeah, no, that is the point. It's a good point uh okay i think we're gonna wrap this sucker up so i hope all this advice was helpful. Try not to panic too much. I mean, panic a little bit, right? If you're not nervous, you're not ready. So yeah, yeah, you should panic a little bit, but don't let panic rule your life. You'll be fine. We all end up figuring it out one way or another. It just, sometimes we peak and Valley at different times. Mm. So if your friends are out there killing it good for them, they'll have an identity crisis later. It's all but guaranteed. So maybe you're just getting yours out of the way now. That'd be nice. Uh, anyway. Okay. If y'all have a story for us or you want some advice, please write into bless you at joinblush.com. We would love to hear from you. And if you would like to work with a life coach, which by the way, letter writer, I think you'd be a great candidate. Uh, cause we do this type of work all the time. You can use promo code bless you all caps for 25% off your first month yeah and
1: if you want access to our values activity or the like what what's the career book called it's like surviving a career change based on your Myers-Briggs or something yeah something along the lines if you want (laughs) if you want the goods and you want the resources just email me elise at joinblush.com and I can send those to you Mm -hmm. yes please
0: okay cool we will see y'all next time yay bye